welcome to FiverCast, the official Fiverr podcast for sellers by sellers. My name is Red, also known as Red Horrocks. And I am Adam, aka Twisted Web 123 Today we're joined by special guest host Ron. Welcome to the show, Ron. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, everyone. Uh, glad I'm here, and uh, thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Ron, and I've been a Fiverr seller for probably about three years, maybe between two and three years. And I do primarily video spokesperson uh, types of work, uh, video spokesperson services. And uh, my site name on Fiverr is Website Video, and it's been it's been a great ride. And I'm glad I'm here to share what I what I've done, what lessons learned, best practices, and all that kind of good stuff. Well, we're certainly really glad you're here um, because you're a perfect person for our topic today. Our topic today is growing with your gigs. And what we mean by that is finding an entry point in your service or your gig that allows you to build on it and for you to also build your abilities, your skills, and your equipment from there. So, Adam, why don't you start us off today? So, yeah, what we're basically talking about today is how you can get started on Fiverr and set up that base gig. Now, often when you're looking to set up a service, you have a look at your competitors and see what else is available. And that can be quite daunting because you notice, you know, top sellers with all inclusive packages with all this great equipment. And you may think to yourself, well, if I'm going to set up and start, I need to match that. And it's not so much the case of that as a new seller. As a new seller, you need to try and work out what's the most basic thing you can offer and then progress from that. Yeah, and I would say with just to, to add on to that, Adam, is one of the things I like to do is I like when I'm working with a few sellers right now who are who are just starting and um, kind of helping them through the shepherding them through the process of getting started on Fiverr. And I always tell them, start with your minimum viable gig. It's basically, you know, in the, you know, with $5, what is it that you will do for $5? And whether it's, let's say, voiceover, as you were talking about, is it, you know, a certain minimum number of words using the equipment that you have on your desk? Because I think the most important thing is just to get out there and just do it. Just get your gig out there. And yes, you have to worry about your competitors and what they're offering. But, you know, what's that that phrase, you know, the first step, you know, the first step in a marathon or whatever, or the to complete a marathon, marathon, you have to complete the first step kind of thing. So get out there, get the gig and, you know, start it. And then as you start to get sales, you know, grow from there. So what we're saying is then when you look to set up your first gig, Think about the grand picture, that the main aspect you want to offer overall, but then break that down to what's feasible right now with your equipment and your abilities, and then set that to kind of start off with and progress from there. Exactly. Then that's a good point, whether it's you know voiceover or what I do with videos, because when I first started, I had a cheap camera that I think it may have had an internal uh, microphone in it, but the, the the light was bad and funny. I, I was looking on my computer a couple of weeks ago and found some old videos. And this was like two or three years ago. And I thought, oh my gosh, it was horrible. But that's good because I just got out there and I started. So I agree with you, whether it's voiceovers, logo design, whatever it is, just, you know, just think of the grand scheme and bring it down to using your current equipment that you have and just just doing it. Yeah, so I think one of the important things is you have to start with how much you can afford you can afford to charge. And by that I mean like how much how much time you can put into one gig, one $5 gig um, with the equipment that you've got without necessarily um, spending a fortune on gear and then trying to work your way down to where you are able to reinvest more money 
better equipment so that you can charge more for a more professional service. And I think a lot of people, they really do. They try and jump in right away to like being top tier and everyone, everyone has to work through it. Everyone has to work through the tiers. So one of the things that, um, one of the things to do with that is to start off your base level to go ahead and say, okay, I'm going to charge this much money for this. This is what I'm going to do. And from here, how can I then start to add on to that? Like, getting your base point, your initial entry point, and then starting to build on there. And it is good. An important thing is to have your end game in mind to say, okay, this is what I want to get to. And maybe in four months, I want to go here. And in six months after that, I want to go here. And I still, I still do that. I have um, upgrades to my gigs that I am planning on doing that are timed out. So I'm making another change in January. I'm making another change in May. And that's just how it goes for me. Do you guys, do either of you have like a set timeline in your head or do you just kind of like go with it based on the market shift? For me, I kind of go with it based on the market shift because, you know, you have the common saying of Rome wasn't built in a day. And I think it's important, first of all, as well, you highlighted a good point um, when you come into the market is you don't want to go out there and say you want to be a voiceover artist. Even if you were to invest in, let's say, a $500 microphone, you don't want to do that if you actually set up the gig and then realize maybe that service isn't quite for you or maybe you aren't going to get the best benefit out of that service for you. So, I mean, what I love to do when I set up a new gig is to strip it all the way back, make it as simple as possible and make it as easy as possible for me to do. So if I were a brand new seller and I wanted to do voiceovers, what I would probably likely do is I would get a laptop and I would use the inbuilt microphone. Now, some people may say, well, there's other sellers out there offering higher quality audio. Why would they go for me? And when it comes to voiceovers, the unique selling point isn't necessarily the quality. It's the voice being used. So what I can do is I can offer a service such as I will record a raw voiceover, which means no editing, no fuss, no must, just my voice for five dollars. If the user likes my voice, they're going to pay for it. They're going to maybe get to edit it elsewhere and cleaned up. But as I get better and I improve more, I can then maybe start to invest in better microphones, bring that on board and allow me to enter the market without having kind of that overall expenditure to get in there, simplifying it as much as possible. And I, I would agree, Adam, because one of the things I see from from my side with the spokesperson um, gigs that are out there, I see a lot of spokespeople who are uh, because the, I guess the demand is high. There are a lot more spokespeople on Fiverr than there were, let's say, two years ago. But one of the things that what you just mentioned is what a lot of them are doing. There are a few new sellers I've seen who come on. And you could tell they're not using the thousand dollar camera that I have. You could tell that they're, they, the lights are just not there, but they're 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 they still have that, I guess, that presence on camera. And so when someone goes there, they're starting out with the raw possible footage, if, if you if you will. And they're you know using a camera that they have. They're not using a spe- specific kind of microphone. They're just using what they have around the house or what have you. And buyers are going to buy them, not necessarily because of the quality, as you were saying, but it's because they have a certain on-screen presence or they have a certain um, a certain value add that no one else has on Fiverr because they're doing something that's unique to them. And then as they start to work up, uh, you know, the, the Fiverr seller ratings, uh, the, the levels, then they can invest in more, uh, more equipment, better equipment, better, um, you know, editing software, all that kind of thing. So Red, when you um, originally asked about the timeline and um, how do I track that, 
to be honest with you, the way I, I would track any service that I'm creating isn't necessarily about me saying, right, I will give it six months and I will do this and I want to be here. It's a case of I may track and monitor that to see how much revenue that brings in and then amend the service accordingly. So some services you may set up and you may kind of be there a month later going, wow, this was a big hit, reinvest into that, improve that. Or I may look at others that have been sitting around for about six months and they kind of get moderate sales, not enough to upgrade, but having 30 slots on Fiverr, I don't necessarily want to pull them as they're still bringing in their own kind of revenue, just not as much as any. So I'm quite, I'm not that harsh when it comes to my own gigs with, with outlines or goals on them because I have so many kind of slots available. So Adam, when we're talking about upgrading gear, upgrading equipment, upgrading your gigs, how does that relate to logo and graphic design? Well, logo and graphic design, it's actually, it's quite relatable because first of all, there's two elements to it. There's the the actual front end element that the client will see, such as you using better software, you know, more expensively licensed software to make it easier for you to create a logo. But more importantly, behind the scenes, there's the self-learning. Now, you could enter logo design as someone who, you know, just messed about on the computer a bit and you make nice, you know, graphics or images, or you could enter it as someone who's maybe come back from a degree or some kind of course. But the thing with so many services, whether it's logo design or another industry I'm in with uh, web development, it doesn't really stand still. So it's important that I take the time to reinvest in my own service as well as my equipment to make sure that I'm offering the best possible service. So with logo design, you know, I may, let's say, for example, buy Adobe Illustrator as one of the bigger logo um, design softwares that I might use. But I may also go on a course or take um, an online course or buy a design book to teach myself new and upcoming trends and techniques. So I'm investing in the back end as well as the front end. So I think that's a really important point. Um, I feel like it's not just about whether or not you have the best gear and whether or not you have the right presence and whether or not all of that. I think what you've said is really important. You're constantly striving to learn and grow and improve your skills and expand your skill set. And I think that a lot of the times it's very, very easy to get kind of kind of pigeonholed into what you do. Like, for example, for me, I with just doing voiceovers, like... I could take a voiceover class, I could maybe learn a new accent, I could do this, I could do that. But for you too, like there's so many new techniques and new programs that you're learning. And I think it's, it's, that's what, in my mind, when we talk about reinvesting and growing with your gigs, I think it's really important to remember that you can also grow yourself and grow your experience and grow what you know. And that's, that's a really interesting point that I think a lot of people don't think about. Yeah. And I also think that what's important is, is I always approach my Fiverr business as a business. And so rather than it just being me, Ron, spokesperson on Fiverr, I look at it as this is my business. And right now it actually is my business because this is what I'm doing full time. So when I look at it, if you're going to run a business, how would you do it? And you would reinvest your profits into training for your employees. You would reinvest it to watch market trends. As Adam was saying, you would go ahead and reinvest in better equipment. And one of the things that I noticed is I want to bring in kind of the idea of looking at where the market's going and where where your customers, what your customers are demanding. And a good example of, of it is this, is I noticed I, for the past year, I started getting a lot of um, orders where the person, the buyer would say, hey, can you wear a medical coat? 
you know, medical jacket, like a doctor coat, because I have a pharmacy and I want you to do a spokesperson uh, commercial for my pharmacy or uh, someone has a supplement. So they want me to wear the medical coat. So what I did was I ordered one on amazon.com and I created a new gig, which was I'll be your medical spokesperson. Right now I'm in the process of doing, because I'm getting a lot of HVAC, you know, heating, cooling and air conditioning companies. I'm getting a lot of, um, let's say, electrical type of uh, uh, small businesses, that type of thing. So I ordered a uh, blue uh, electrical kind of workman shirt. And so now I'm going to be, you know, I'll be your electrical plumbing, whatever spokesperson. So I think it's a combination of training yourself. It's also a combination of the gear, but it's also reinvesting into different ideas and following what your customers are demanding. You know, where is the demand going? So I think it's all of that. It really comes down to thinking of your gigs, whether you have one gig or whether you're a, a new seller or a top rated seller, thinking of your Fiverr gigs as really uh, your Fiverr business. Yeah, I think I think we, we've touched upon a really great point there as well, which I think a lot of sellers looking at top rated sellers like us may not realize in the fact that we are always improving and adding to our businesses. So when you look at, you know, either of our profiles and you maybe want to offer a similar service, you may think to yourself, right, I need this high quality camera. I need this high quality microphone. I need the different outfits, need the business attire, so on and so forth. And already setting up a gig as that is going to have such a large outlay. But we didn't all start off like that. We all had, you know, smaller equipment, less objects, less items, and we've built from that. So when you're trying to set up your gig or think about the new service you want to get into, it's very, very important, as we've said, to draw that all the way back and then grow with what's available. Otherwise, if you're putting in more money than you're actually taking out, what is, you know, you want to be your gig is actually becoming more and more difficult for you to do. So Adam, I, I like that point. And I think that one of the things that uh, I wanted to mention was that try to figure out also what differentiates you. So for instance, if you're a new seller and you're discouraged, we, you know, we were talking about if you're a voiceover artist or a spokesperson for video, you might get discouraged because, you know, top rated sellers, they have the best equipment and everything else. Well, let's say if there was a niche market, let's just say, and this is just an example, a random example. Let's say if you wanted to do, you want to be a spokesperson and you worked out a lot and you were kind of like a bodybuilder, why not? You may not have the best equipment, but what do you offer that no one else can? I mean, I try to keep myself in shape, but I'm not Arnold Schwarzenegger or any kind of bodybuilder type. But if you are, that's a niche that you can go into and people are going to, flock to you who for supplements and other things, they may say, you know, you don't have to have the best camera, the best microphone, because we're looking for the guy who looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger or the woman who looks like uh, Ronda Rousey or anyone else who, you know, who works out a lot. So, you know, try to find a niche and then how do you differentiate within that niche and, you know, start small and then grow from there. Yeah. In the same way that you've said you, you started going and buying out the outfits to match the customer requests, there may be people out there who are nurses or doctors and they come onto Fiverr and think, what can I do? Well, take a part of that and turn it into the gig. So as we said, you're using what you've got available to you as opposed to having to put yourself out there to just create the gig initially. Exactly. So we're, we've talked about a little bit about like how to get the entry point, how to reinvest in yourself, how to get more gear. So when you're looking at taking the, say that you've gone ahead and you've done this and you've purchased your gear and you've upgraded, 
how do you then take that and change your gig to reflect the upgrades that you have made? Like, how do you roll that out to the customer? For me, um, the biggest way I did that, it was, it wasn't quite overnight and it was over, let's say maybe a month. And what I started to do was I started to offer the service upgraded. So let's say, for example, I am doing video and I buy a HD camera. I still start to offer the HD camera as my basic gig just to get a feel for the fact that the users like it. It's what they want. It's what they're happy with. And then I slowly start to move that myself onto an upgrade or increase the price um, as it comes. And for me, that's important because you may upgrade your equipment or you may upgrade your gear, but if the response or the feedback you're getting back isn't maybe as positive as you want it to be, then I would find it difficult to start to charge more or to increase prices if the buyers weren't responsive to that. Whereas if I upgraded to the HD and a lot of buyers liked it, I would then maybe look to alter that. I guess I thought my core gig, I was a spokesperson. So I kind of saw that as a natural development, meaning that the higher quality camera, like someone shouldn't have to purchase uh, standard quality versus high def. I, I kind of looked at it as a natural progression. But where I would do is when it came to, I kind of saw it as a way to improve my gig overall. So that when I was, when someone would go out and look for a spokesperson, they would see that as I grew and I became, the quality became better, that would be my differentiating factor. That would be where I was most competitive. And that's what I did. Now, when it comes to the gig extras, that's where I, a lot of times when I reinvest into myself or reinvest into technology or what have you, or techniques, usually I add those to the gig extras. And so I kind of look at my core spokesperson as I try to, I want to make that as the quality as good as possible when it comes to the video and the audio quality. And then when I have other software upgrades where I learn a new technique, which I'm kind of doing now with uh, kinetic text and these kinds of things, those I see as gig extras that I can add on to the core. I think one of the other things to really remember too when you're doing this, when you are putting in these upgrades, is to make sure that you're also subsequently upgrading your gig video and your samples. Because if say that you you switch from a from a low resolution camera to a higher upgrade, your your gig video is probably going to have been for a time done with that old equipment. So one of the things too to always bear in mind if you are deciding to implement these upgrades is to allow yourself the time to regenerate effect like proper and effective samples so that your clients know exactly what they're getting for the new clients. So your old clients are going to be like, oh wow, cool, everything got better, but then your new clients might not purchase from you if you had one kind of level of gear, but might if you had another. So I think it's really important to display the actual gear that you are using within your gig video. Yeah, I, th I think that's a really important point. Um, I don't offer gig videos such as spokesperson, etc. But one of the services I do offer is to review your website, which involves me recording your website as I talk through it. And I mentioned that to do that, I use a high quality um microphone and I use a HD screen recording but my actual gig video at the time when I initially changed that was my original gig video that was recorded on a laptop camera very low quality quite pixelated and I will admit it took me some time to replace that but when I did I started getting a lot more sales from the fact that the new video was high quality 
and you're right it makes complete sense but when you start offering a better service or you have better equipment it's important that that is broadcast to the user in places such as your video even if you aren't necessarily offering you know a predominantly video service yeah that red that's a great i agree because just a real quick example i had my spokesperson video and everything else and i got a a question from a buyer and he said, you know, this is probably about a year and a half ago, two years ago. And he said, you know, I really like your presence on camera and everything else, but your, your sound quality, your audio isn't as good as some of the other spokespeople. And I was like, Hmm. So I went ahead and I haven't updated my gig video in forever. And I thought that's strange because I have better equipment now. And then I remembered that I never replaced my gig video. So everyone going to my page was seeing my, old camera, my old technology. And so ever since then, it was a lesson learned to make sure that I'm constantly, if I get something new or a new technique, make sure I, I update the gig video, gig description, all of that. I think it's also important with the, the content of the video as well is because when you're, you know, maybe adding new extras, as you say, if in your video, you're talking about specific extras or specific details, I think I've fallen foul again before where I've changed something and I've not actually updated the video to say that. So it's a little bit confusing to the buyer as well. This is also why I really recommend when people are creating gig videos to not, if you think there's a potential that your price point might change, don't mention it in your video because then you just have to redo the, the whole thing or just that section. It's just better to keep it, you know, even keel. And that's what your gig description is for. Just refer them to that. So Adam, what do you think about taking multiple services you offer and kind of like interweaving them so they complement each other and using that as a way to grow more sales? I think, I think that is key to fast tracking your success on Fiverr, where you may have one gig and you may focus on that, selling that, improving that, grow that, buy more equipment, etc. But that becomes quite difficult when you only got the one gig. However, if you have multiple gigs that are all broken down to the minimum basic level, you can then use them to complement each other, upgrade them together and continue complementing each other. So to give you an example, let's say I had two gigs set up. One was for logo design and one was for website banners. The user hires the logo design from me. I can then sell them the website banner using the logo I made. Or let's say I offer article writing and I have another gig that is blog publishing. I sell them the article, but then I also use the other gig I have to sell them the fact I'm going to publish it on the web in whatever location. So from that, as I'm improving my sales and I'm improving my gigs, both the services are complementing each other. So if I make a lot of sales on, say, the web publishing, I can then use that revenue to improve my article writing. And then as the article writing is improving, I can then use revenue from that to improve the web publishing. And they cross over with each other. So as I'm improving one or as I'm improving both of them, overall, the service I'm offering is improving. Right. And then also, like, you, there's there's nothing stopping you from cross-promoting those services within each, within each gig. So say you do deliver your logo design, you say, hey, by the way, just in case you need it, I also offer this service. Maybe you should check it out for the future. Stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. So you're, you're essentially... You're combining all of, you know, as many gigs as you can together where they all complement each other. So you're fast tracking your success because it all works nicely. So the buyer who comes to you, who, as you say, you know, wants the logo or wants the article, you can then take their, their focus and put it onto another one of your gigs. And as you're going around that, you're basically using, rather than just focusing on improving just one sole gig, 
you're using that to improve your whole profile or as Ron says, your whole business overall. Otherwise, you maybe fall into quite a pitfall, which I fell into previously, where you have your profile and you have a really great selling gig, but all the other gigs around it aren't really that big or aren't selling that well. So if anything was to change and all that time and money you've invested in that one gig, if that were to change, you then got, say, you know, 10 or 15 other gigs that aren't at the same level or aren't at the same par because you focus so much on just improving the gig as opposed to improving your business overall with your gigs. And one of the things I like about that, Adam, is by doing that approach you just outlined is you're you're establishing a better relationship with your customer. You're adding value versus just selling something. It's more or less all your gigs complement to the point where they naturally will lead into the other. So you're building a strong relationship with the buyer uh, versus just, hey, thanks a lot. Here's your here's your video, your logo, whatever. Have a great day. And remember to give me five stars, that kind of thing. You're actually establishing a relationship with the customer, which is important for a long-term viable business. Yeah, I think, I think you're setting their buy-in trend as well, where the buyer may come to you and they may order an article and then if you don't upsell or, you know, cross-reference or anything, they may leave. However, if you upsell or you do the article and the, the post publishing, when they come back to you in the future, they may not order the article. They may say, right, let's do what we did last time, straight out the bat, article, post-publishing. And then you've tr- altered their buy-in pattern where they've gone from ordering your basic quantity of your basic service to ordering higher up, which again is going to fast track you. Well, I think these are all awesome points, and I think we've done a really great job covering our topic today. So I want to say thank you very much to Ron for joining us. You can find him on Fiverr as website video. Our jingle was made by Ryan. You can find him as Custom Drum Loops. We were edited today by Doncha. And don't forget, if you want to ask us any community questions or if there's anything you think we should be chatting about, go ahead and post a message on the Fiverr forum, which you can find at forum.fiverr.com. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next week. Fiverrcast. Five